Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Like we do. Like we do. In fact, we do it right now because we're live. What? <gasps> now? Right now. Oh! I know. <laughs> put some clothes on. <laughs> oh, man. This is the first time I've been in the studio in two weeks, man. It's nice to be back. Although, there has to be some, you know, some upsides of having it at home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The fact that, like, I don't have to go anywhere or put on pants or do anything. Yeah, it's, it's great. It'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I love, being, I love being here at the FXBG Public Radio studios just because eric's got such a great setup i mean it's it's awesome and like in in a perfect world well and actually too i think that as as time goes on um my goal is to have my own studio setup so that we can just always do it from our respective homes but also too um whenever we need to and i and i don't have to worry about like because he's got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven eleven shows on fxbg public radio right now and they take up all of the other days except for friday so it would be nice if i could record any day that i wanted without being um without having to worry about the schedule because it would just be my stuff you know yeah i mean like EK's got a different set of priorities and responsibilities than our specific show does, so that exactly. makes perfect sense. Exactly. It is not the GGR Pirate Radio week, you know? It's not we don't own this whole thing. So it's it's not yet. We're coming for you, EK. Yeah, exactly. Um no, I, I mean, can't tie you what <laughs> he's he's Remember that? I do. <laughs> he's been doing a really good job, man, and like he's he's done a really good job of, of growing this station. So it's 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 really impressive. I'm putting our Facebook post out right now. He's one of those dudes like, and everyone knows someone like this. We're like, they know their thing. So inside and out, you're like, it's so obvious that that's what you do. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it just makes sense that he has a studio and does everything as far as like broadcasting and stuff. Cause he just knows what he's doing. It just seems like second nature. Whereas to me, I'm like, yeah, I can like BS into a microphone, but beyond that, like it would take me quite a bit of studying to get the whole process down the way he has it down. Yeah, no, he's he's really he's really got it figured out, man. And like Yeah, I mean like any any issue that I have, like sound wise, he's able to like pick up almost immediately. So it's like he's just he's just on point. So I gotta say you've come a long way too, like from our, you know, ye old days when we were doing it ourselves with audacity I mean, nothing against yeah. audacity i mean it's yeah. you know free program and everything like that but like yeah. the editing and, and stuff that you're capable of now is i i bet you would even admit it's kind of light years away from what it used to be oh yeah it's gotten it's gotten so much better like i've i've improved vastly um in the four years that we've been doing this and um really it's just it's just it's fun and it's it's a really cool hobby but also like it's becoming more than a hobby now too. I mean, I'm going to to mosques and, and interviewing imams, and um, I just sat down with Eric Meyer from uh, from Gormelts on Sunday and did an interview with him that'll be up here soon too. You didn't mention you were talking to him. You told me about the you know like the religious series that you're starting, but you didn't tell yeah. me you were talking to old buddies who make some of the best sandwiches in the world. Yeah, it's it's gonna be the it's gonna be Mike on the mic's new thing right like I'm, I'm bringing it back for for ggr where it's kind of like 
me just kind of adventuring around and seeing like things in the world that I'm not 100% familiar with. And going to a restaurant, like, I mean, other than like, I like food and I eat it and it's delicious. I don't really know too much about the cooking process or anything like that. So mm-hmm. talking to somebody who's a cordon blue trained chef is, is fun, but also talking to somebody who's, you know, been on GGR with us before, who's, who's a good friend. And like, it, not only that is the general manager of this restaurant and it's thriving. They're not just like, Oh, Hey, there's a couple people coming in for sandwiches every now and then they're doing crazy business, man. And like, I don't think I've met anybody who has gone there and hasn't been like blown away with the quality of the food and like little things too. Like you walk into that restaurant and it is always spotless. It is always like just incredibly clean. So like, it's just, it's awesome to see a buddy who, I mean like this is a guy at one point who decided just out of nowhere on a whim to move out to California, out to San Diego. And was like, he was training um, in uh, jujitsu and Jeet Kune Do. And like he was basically, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. He's in San Diego. He's learning how to be a ninja and shit. And like, he he just he just had this awesome. I mean, like he did, he did that thing that like people think about. Like he went out west and tried to find himself and tried to figure out what was going on. And like, yeah, and like now he's back here and he found and he's got a girlfriend and he's got this awesome job. And like he went from head chef to general manager. Like he runs that restaurant now because the owner is was so impressed with him. And it, it was one of those things where I knew that this guy, once he got the opportunity to do his thing and he found the right fit, it was just going to be like gangbusters. It was just going to be lights out. He was going to blow everyone away because I knew that he was that talented. Like, and it's, and more so, it's just so awesome seeing your friends succeed. Like it, it's, it's the best. It really is. So he's basically what I explained about EK, but for sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. He's the same. He's the EK of sandwiches. Oh man, um, let me go ahead and finish that post that I was doing for the Facebook, so people know to listen to us. We do have a on, listener on the Facebooks. We do have a listener though. We have Jay Rocca, who I've been meaning to bring him on at some point or another. Um, and he's listening. He said, "What MM? What MMA show is this? LOL." Because that's what he does. He does an MMA show. Um, and I know nothing about MMA except for like the cursory stuff. Um, the most MMA that I know is from that like four episode stretch of Friends when John Favreau is playing Pete and he's trying to be the MMA champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to this day, I can't say John Favreau around my wife because she literally is like, I don't know who you're talking about. And I'll be like, Monica's boyfriend Pete from Friends who tried to do the MMA. <laughs> oh yeah, and she's Pete, like, yeah. oh, I love him. Yeah, Pete Chicago. Like, yeah, yeah, he love... directed Iron Man. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I love Pete Chicago. He's my favorite. <laughs> oh man, topics include Wonder Woman. Let's be talking about Wonder Woman, or as my son calls her, Whataburger, because they have the same logo. <laughs> it's not even like he just and he says it in the Wonder you know Wonder Woman he goes what a burger it's like uh, the Natinals in Walgreens whoa yeah you're right they're similar they're very very similar they're, they're slightly different though oh yeah I mean yeah. otherwise it'd be copyright infringement the whole thing um so what are the geek sheets about for the this week? It was Wonder Woman, it was Luke Cage, and then it was 
BFFs John Favreau and George Lucas. Yeah. I'm sorry, who? Oh, Pete's Monica's boyfriend Pete from Friends. <laughs> exactly. George Lucas, John Favreau. Uh, I can tag all those because those are people. Maybe they're listening. Who knows? Hey, we have a fan question from Jay Rocca, who, by the way, Jay, we got to get you on the show at some point, man, so you can school us on all the MMA goings on. Um, he wants to know how we feel about the Aquaman movie trailers that we've seen so far. Steve, I'll let you start as I type this message up. Yeah, no problem. We um, talked about when the like the extended trailer came out. That was probably, what, three, four episodes ago, something like that. Jesus, it's really been a month. Um, I think the general sentiment when we talked about it was we were – cautiously optimistic in the sense that the trailer looks good it's colorful james wan clearly knows how to build like a movie within a universe uh, as he's done with like the conjuring stuff um the new 52 storyline that it's based off of is pretty good i mean i'm not i'm definitely a marvel guy it's not like a marvel fanboy and like dc is d disgusting and dirty in my eyes or anything it's just there's so many comics you can only really do so much and i prefer marvel but i like the animated stuff we've talked about that since gosh since we started this thing those like one hour animated movies and how good they are oh yeah and yeah. i recently like two months ago watched the um justice league throne of atlantis which i i'm pretty convinced that this movie will be the live action version of it really seems like that's how they're going with it um, and that's a that's a good storyline. It has some of the biggest players for Aquaman, like Black Manta, Ocean Master, um, Mira. Um, and then I was surprised to see him in the orange getup, you know, the orange and green, which I think is kind of cool. I hope. Yeah, I, I hope he's not in it the whole time. You know, like I kind of hope it's like at the end and then he has the big fight with Ocean Master. Yeah, either the, ca the cast looks good too. It does, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And like I think that that is, and we talked about this too. I think that that, was, that is what we were missing from DC before. It wasn't fun. It was yeah. dark and it was too serious. And like that's the thing with like, okay, so so flip these movies around, right? And and look at the best DC movies that they did. What what's the common theme that they all have? Look at like the original Superman movie. Um, the original Superman movie was fun. It, it inspired hope. It like it, it it was it was breathtaking. I mean, granted, it was the first time you really got to see a person fly in a movie th in a movie, but like it was it was still fun and and like it inspired you. These other ones are just like they're dark and depressing, and they're they're out of character for for these superheroes that we've known so well. Um, the only one that like I think the thing they missed was when they were like, oh, these are too dark, but the the Christopher Nolan ones were so good, and those were dark. Batman is supposed to be dark, like. If, if, if Batman was, like, a mental disorder, it's depression. Like, he, that's him. He's, like, constantly depressed, and then he takes out his depression by beating up people wearing masks and makeup and shit. Like, it's... You can't have all the super... That's not why Batman was great. Was It wasn't because it was dark. It was great because it was true to the character. Yes. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, accuracy and... Like I, I think it's threefold on what people are looking for. Uh, if you're a diehard fan, you're looking for accuracy. You want like the characters to look like the characters, act like the characters, the storyline. It doesn't necessarily have to be one-to-one -one with what the story in the comic was, but it has to have the same theme and tone. Um, like, for example, Infinity War, pretty universally loved. 
that's not based on a specific comic. Yeah. It has a couple different Thanos storylines all wrapped together, but the spirit of who Thanos is and what he's trying to do most times. Um, now, granted, they took the whole death, him loving the actual entity death, and you know, that's kind of weird for your average audience. I get them changing that part, but yeah. Thanos was Thanos. Um, so that's what your diehards are looking for. Your casual fan, I think they're looking for something that's just fun. And that, to your point, that's where DC was missing it because your diehard fans are like, yeah, he looks like Batman or he looks like Superman or oh, I got that Easter egg about whatever minor character there. Um, your casual fan doesn't care about any of that crap. You know, they, they want something where they can go in, have a uniform story. Like, do you think a casual fan cares about Steppenwolf? No, no, they don't. They don't even know they who don't he know- is. Yeah, they don't know that he's setting up like oh, they're trying to set up a whole dark side thing. Like they were trying to set up a Thanos-esque type villain um, with the mother boxes and Steppenwolf and all this good stuff. Um, and then thirdly, I think you do have to think about the demographics of the audience because your diehard fans like us tend to be older, um, you know, have – what's what's the range they always say 25 to 39 yeah or, like that that's kind of the range the big but one is 18 to, 18 to 54 is the one that everybody wants yeah but you still have to tailor it to kids because we talked about with star wars you do still have to think a little bit about merchandising yeah products that kind of stuff not product placement in the movies but like the toys action figures mugs all the crap that they make with the the logo slapped on it so you do have to think about that aspect from a business standpoint so i mean that is a lot to juggle for a movie let alone an interconnected franchise of movies that all do it and that's why some of the complaints about the mcu is eh, it gets a little formulaic and it's like yeah but so is warren buffett's massive fortune is because he figured out what works and then he (laughs) just spammed the crap out of that until he had all the money that's what the MCU's doing just in the form of making movies. One of my favorites. Good. One of my favorite quotes of all time is from um, famous NFL coach. His name is Bum Phillips. And Bum Phillips, if you know anything about NFL history, was the dude with the big giant cowboy hat. Um, he was a coach of the Houston Oilers for years. So you being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan probably remember that epic game you probably watched on NFL films where it was the Oilers versus the Steelers for the AFC title and the um, Steelers won in like the last second, right? So Bum Phillips had one of the most amazing running backs of all time. The guy's name was Earl Campbell, right? And he would feed Earl the Rock, like, just on a regular basis, just hand him off. Like, and Earl would just run cats over, just run dudes over because he was just a bulldozer. And somebody one time said, do you think you're running Earl Campbell too much? Do you think you're giving him the ball too much? And he said, and this is this fits perfectly with the way the MCU works, you know, like you're making money off of it. He said, well, if you got a cannon, you got to fire it. And that's how the MCU works, you know? Hey, this works. We're going to keep making money. If you got a cannon, you got to fire it. And why, why would anybody disparage somebody for doing something that works? Yeah, and, and I mean, if you're enjoying it, if, if it's making money that can produce future films... And DC, it's like they looked at Marvel's canon and then was like, well, we have all the parts for a canon, but I'd really like to build like a chair out of it. Yeah. And it's like, just build the canon yeah. and then you don't have to worry about yeah. Like you can build as much as you want and you can build a freaking chair later. Yeah. Um, but that's not what they chose to do. And then they started trying to tweak it, 
you know, by bringing Joss Whedon in, and, and I think it was just too late. So back to the original question of Aquaman, I, I'm cautiously optimistic because I think that they picked the right staff, they picked the right storyline, the, the visuals look great. Yeah. Uh, and then you're going to have Shazam not too long after it. And if this is more the trend um, of how these movies are going to feel and look, it might be salvageable. You, you might have to change up a couple things because Henry Cavill and you know Ben Affleck aren't going to be part of it. Hey, you recast them, whatever. But it might be salvageable. Yeah. And like um, to kind of answer uh, Jay's second question, which is could they build on that to say maybe be uh, two to three movie franchise i mean really they could if they want to go old school and be what warner brothers has always done which is old school movie like old school hollywood where it's like if one movie works do a sequel for it they could but ultimately like i I think they're starting to see the error of their ways and honestly like I'm, i'm starting to hope that that the whole marvel dc comic book movie media empire is starting to get this clue that maybe it's best not to have these solo shots all the time we saw iron fist not do so well we saw luke cage just get canceled recently maybe we're gonna start seeing some team ups and maybe we need to see an aquaman teamed up with somebody else in a movie and and that's what you have instead of doing these big things where you have Aquaman and Flash and Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman and you have to fill all of these giant characters you have an Aquaman movie it's titled Aquaman whatever and for some reason Batman shows up so you get some really cool Batman Aquaman action you know you have a Superman movie where something comes up and now all of a sudden Wonder Woman is involved in this fight too or Superman and Batman because honestly you know what I want to see more than Superman versus Batman? I want to see Superman and Batman. I want to see them teamed up because World's I remember. Greatest. Yeah, right. Exactly. World's finest. Like that was one of my finest. favorite. That's it. Thank you. No, you're good. It was one of that was one of my favorite cartoon series when I was a kid. I remember that coming on. Um, I want to say it was yeah, it was WB when they were doing the um, Superman animated series and they had the Batman animated series and that was so cool. You could easily team them up because at first, yeah, they're adversarial, but then they realized we're both good guys looking to do the same thing and they work really, really well together. And I think it would just be, it would be wonderful. And instead of again, going to the dark, have the combination of Batman being the dark and Superman being the light and being the hope and like not trying to redeem Batman any, in any way. Cause ultimately Batman's still a good guy, but like being that counterbalance to Batman's like, you know, I've got a contingency plan for everything in case something goes wrong. And Superman's like, you need to have faith in humanity which is ironic because he's the alien. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be nice because it's a little yin and yang, you know, like, you know, Superman can be a little naive at times because he's so goody goody boy scout. So Batman kind of gives him a reality check, whereas Superman would kind of, like you said, bring Batman up from his cynicism. So it would be kind of a very nice balance. Yeah. And as soon as you said, like, eh, maybe just have a pairing or two, my brain immediately went to hard traveling heroes green lantern green arrow i wouldn't hate seeing that that would be dope yeah that would be really cool because like look at what the dc um wb universe does they kind of do that they kind of get little bits and pieces where you have supergirl crossover on the flash you have green arrow crossover in the flash and vice versa but you 
you have a, a, an occasional crossover where they're all together, but those are few and far between. And that that should be the goal instead of like, let's have all of our action figures together all on the table all at the same time and have this big, massive battle. No, nah, man, you need more story based. And, and I've been saying that I've been singing that song for years. I would rather see a really, really excellent story than these massive overarching six issue crossover stories with all of the superheroes. Give me give me something where you have like two or three of them and I'm down with that. Yeah, I mean, I just finished uh, Daredevil season three, oh, and yeah. that wasn't the huge, epic Infinity War story that that Marvel had had take, taken ten years to set up. Yeah, it, it it had a couple seasons to rest on, and and it picks up where the Defenders left off. Sure, but it's a self-contained story. It's a small story, and it's a character-driven story. And gosh, was it amazing! I mean, I, I was so compelled, I couldn't stop watching it. On that note, we will talk about that because we are ready to go ahead and start this party. It's 20 minutes in to the episode already. Guys, we, we, we haven't even really officially started. This has all been cold open, but um, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, because here's the real thing, because we're going to talk about the Geek Sheets. We're also going to have MC Brooks, and we're going to have Seagats on tonight. Uh, they're going to be talking about the best video games of the 2000s. We'll I'll be joining them for that lovely conversation. But tonight's episode of GGR Pirate Radio starts, and actually, Steve... Which one do you want? Do you want intro one or intro two? Um, let's go with the, the – I imagine two is the newer one. Two is the new one, yes. That's so what I, got, I want. I got a new intro for you guys, and here we go. Let's kick this party off. We are starting in five, four, three, two, one. Broadcast starting. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Do it. Do it. Come on, kill me. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Kill me. This is called Pirate Radio. And as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Wayne, you going to win on this? Oh, there's nothing better than a fart. Except kids falling off bikes, maybe. I could watch kids fall off bikes all day. I don't give a shit about your kids. It's called Pilot Radio. But, Peter, why would they make you president? Well, maybe it's because I can recite all 50 states in a quarter of a second. It's called Pilot Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> it's called Pilot Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is The Great Geek Refuge, and welcome. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Steve Monick. Ready and willing. Let's do this. Our podcast is called GGR Pirate Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we are on our own website. It is greatgeekrefuge.com, uh, but we are live because of FXBG Public Radio, so let me give them a shout out. It's FXBG Public Radio.com, just a bevy of great shows, 
tons of diverse content, lots of wonderful shows out there. Get, definitely give them a check out. And big thanks to them for doing what they do and having a place for anybody to essentially do the public radio thing and speak their mind. And uh, luckily, we got involved on the ground floor, so they let us come hang out here on Friday nights and uh, talk about our nerd stuff. So I think if you're ready, Mr. Monic, without further delay, we're just going to jump right into the geek sheets. How's that sound? Let's get it. All right, let's do it. It's time for the Geek Sheets. Here's the big news this week in the geeky, nerdy world. For this week's episode of the Geek Sheets, we have Steve Truckasaurus Monic himself. <laughs> yeah, for those... Uh... Not in the know. We have a little bit of an inside joke running through all of the geek sheets where I slip some various weird nicknames for Mike into the body of the article somewhere, and then the uh, the byline is his reciprocation. So if you're interested in being part of the little inside joke, just go ahead and go back and read all of the geek sheets. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're 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 a fun read no matter how t uh, current they are. What's even more fun, too, is as we come into the month of November, which uh, here at GGR, the month of November is Nostalgia November, where we just we go back with that lens of nostalgia and we find things that we loved, whether it be video games, whether it be a movie, whether it be a TV show. Um, Andy did some about food and toys and stuff like that. Just things that you that just immediately take you back to your childhood. Um, I went back and I cleaned up a lot of the uh, articles that we wrote because I wrote back in 2014 when we just started the website. So, like, the imaging was bad. The... Um, like the articles, they had like clerical errors and stuff like that. So I went in and oh, cleaned yeah. them all up, right? But I've gone back and I've actually started adding, um, I've actually started adding like new bylines and stuff to the articles too. So like your Batman one is Steve the Dark Knight, Monic, like just <laughs> things like that. Like it's it's been a lot of fun. So, um, and you know we we were able to stall enough on time that MC. And Seagats are both here, like right as we're starting the geek sheet. So it was like perfect timing. Like we professionals call that vamping. Yeah, we call that vamping in the in the in the biz. Even though we're all amateurs here, you know. Amateurs. I'm gonna go ahead and get their microphones up here. Um, That's how amateur we are. We don't even pronounce the word correctly. Amateurs. It reminds me of like when a little kid says like aminal. You know. Yeah. All right. So I got I got MC up. Let me see. I think you're on two, Mr. Gats. Two, Go ahead and give me a mic grab. mic check there real quick on that mic. Mike, Mike, Mike. Look one, at two. that. One and two. Hey. All right. Hello, hello. Hey, All right. there we go. Guys. Sweet. Well, MC, you already know Steve. But uh, yeah. Gats, this is Steve. Steve, Gats. What's up, Steve? Pleasure to meet you. Likewise. Um, it is, and, and for those who are like, I can't believe these guys are late to a podcast. You don't understand. It's like monsoon raining. It's like 40 degrees outside. Um, pretty sure like the next thing that's coming is like Godzilla. He's just gonna start marching across the Atlantic, just just right right into the Chesapeake Bay, and we're all done. Like it's it's the it's the end times here, folks. I think I saw a tail. I did. Yeah, yeah. nuclear breath. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Uh, okay. Godzilla King of Monsters doesn't come out until May thirty first of twenty nineteen. So like, let's we got some time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I yeah, guess. I yeah. suppose. Um, while these guys are getting prepped and ready for uh, for the geek sheets here, and uh, which I'll, I will send you guys a link to the article here, real quick. Uh, we're going to answer another question from a chat room. Oh, sweet. Do you Love think it. there will be another GI Joe movie? Um, hmm. I want to answer this one first, and then Steve, I'll let you do it. Um, I I hope, and here's why: those movies are so shitty, but goddamn, they are fun. Like. 
they're, they're so bad, but it's, it's like they took the cartoons that we saw as a kid from the 80s and they just turned it on. It's like, hey, we're just going to put it on the big screen. Uh, we're going to throw the rock in there and we're going to throw, um, <laughs> I don't know, let's see, uh, why don't we throw up one of the, uh, one of the Quaid boys? How about uh, the non-crazy one? Let's throw Dennis Quaid up there. Yeah, okay, all right, cool. Uh, who else? Um, can we get Bruce Willis? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> like, and everybody seems to be into this. Like, nobody is like, turning down G.I. Joe because they know that it's going to be fun and like I really enjoyed the first one I really enjoyed the second one um, they were cheesy as hell but I mean I hope they do another one I mean and honestly if if Dwayne The Rock Johnson's like I'm doing another G.I. Joe movie who in Hollywood is going to tell him no like I yeah, feel like pretty much has carte blanche right right yeah like who, who's going to tell The Rock no I mean he already does like 22 movies a year so like there's probably already one in the works this is yeah this is very true this is very true. If there's room in the universe for a Rampage movie or that movie Skyscraper, <laughs> just go full camp G.I. Joe 3. Right? I, I mean, yeah. th- like, I'm not I'm not a fan of the Fast and the Furious movies. But from my understanding is, like, the first couple, they were trying to be, like, very serious and try and make them, like, legit movies. And then, like, the back half, they're like, let's just go – just camp crazy with it let's just make this off the wall impossible stuff where they're like jumping out of planes and buildings and cars it, uh, we want nonsense and that's what i want they to went see with sky joe three dude they went skydiving in cars like that should <laughs> that should tell you everything you need to know they went building jumping between like the, these two buildings in dubai or something what with with a with like a stolen car that like hadn't been used on like the top floor of this hotel, so yeah. What nonsense! <laughs> like I mean, GI Joe's an '80s property. Well, I mean, yes. I know it predates the '80s, but like we think about the cartoon and everything like that from the '80s. So go like full '80s movie, like that campy feel, that that over the top nonsense of action hero stuff. Yeah, I think kind of like what the Expendables were trying to do but failed to do because they took themselves too seriously. Like get a collection of those kind of guys and then just go way overboard with it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I want to hear. And think a full reboot would would work. It would. Right. But like they 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 know what they have, too. And I'll I'll tell you how I know this, because they they went right for their market when they were doing the ads for the first G.I. Joe movie. You know what song they chose? American Badass by Kid Rock. Not the greatest song ever, but, like, if that doesn't get you pumped up for, like, some Americans to go into other countries and kick some ass and, like, not have any questions as to their tactics or ethics, like, that's it right there. Like, hell yeah, we're Americans. We're badasses. We're going to blow everything up. There's the Eiffel Tower. Whatever, America, freedom, woo! Like, that's exactly what they were going for, and that's exactly what they did. Um, I'm, I'm for it. Like, if, if you didn't watch the... If you didn't watch the cartoons when you were a kid and just like just turn your brain off, like nobody was watching those and like, well, what kind of message is this teaching our children that that the concept of eternal war is no, no, no. We, Cobra Commander is bad and we got to blow him up with a with a freaking aircraft carrier and it has to happen because otherwise bad thing we don't know what bad things but something bad's gonna happen. That's, that's all you need to know. Yeah, exactly. America. More quest. More America. questions. It's just. It kind of proves that you're not really American. <laughs> if you're questioning this, we question your Americanism. Right? Yeah. You can like it or you can get out. America. On that note, <laughs> let's talk about Wonder Woman too, Steve. <laughs> I kind of don't want to anymore, but all right. <laughs> let's keep talking about GI Joe. <laughs> well, I don't know what I don't know what's up with Wonder Woman two. They they're going 
they they've skipped 1,982 iterations of Wonder Woman. They're just jumping <laughs> right to 19. Right to, right to 19. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's a bad joke. Oh, the math jokes. Oh yeah. man. No, Wonder Woman two colon 1984, whatever the hell it's titled. Um, so they're they're pushing it back to June of 2020. Originally, it was going to be this time next year. No, like the first week of November. 2019 um so and i wrote in the article a little bit typically not always but typically you see films get the release date shuffled kind of like for two reasons either they need more time to do reshoots or any sort of post-production issues that they're running into um like for example that movie that had kevin spacey in it and they had to redo everything that got pushed back or it's something where there's going to be direct competition and the studio decides we're not going to make enough money off this investment because this movie over here is going to steal our thunder. So we saw that with the original release date for Batman v Superman and Captain America Civil War. They were coming out in the same month and DC, like in that game of chicken, wisely said, all right, all right, we'll move to March, I guess. <laughs> um, and, and they did their thing. If I remember, it came out like relatively close to Easter eventually because it moved like two or three times. And then Civil War stayed in its original slot. Worked out best for both of them. So this slot that it moved to was the original release date for that Flash movie with Ezra Miller. Yeah. They haven't said what they're doing with that, when it's going to be released, what's going on. I think they know that – all right, Aquaman and Shazam, done. Those are coming out. Right. Wonder Woman 2 – Wonder Woman is such a big hit. It's kind of like Black Panther. Like we would be morons not to make a second one, right? Right. Um, so they're they're obviously going to release this one, and kind of like the Marvel Netflix stuff. Like this is as far as we kind of know of what's done, and there was plans for future stuff, but now no one really knows what's going on. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, it just it just seems like they're pushing it back this far. They were just filming in D.C. like this right. summer. So like you would think that you would have a much sooner release date that they're just, I, I'm just shocked that they're going to be shelving it for so long. Like it just it doesn't really I mean, I, I'm not going to say it doesn't make sense because I mean, when when the hell does D.C. slash Warner Brothers do anything that makes any sense? I mean, it's well, kind of, I was going to say, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the only thing I can really think of is maybe they might be wanting the bank on that summertime, like that summertime blockbuster money, mm-hmm. which is why like a June release date, you know, it's the beginning of the summer. It's usually around when uh, why Marvel does their releases uh, in May and June because of uh, all the money that they get from those types. That's maybe something I could see, but I don't see why they wouldn't just move it up instead of pushing it back an additional 10 months. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I'm, That's I'm not... a bit much. I'm yeah, not sure. Like it's there, there's got to be a, a reason, or well, I mean, it's again, it's Warner Brothers. Maybe there isn't a reason. They just do and I, I was trying to piece it together. So I, I got on Box Office Mojo and was looking at their release calendar, and I was like, all right, well, what's com- what else is coming out in November 2019 that like maybe they're afraid of, you know, cross demographics. And at the end of November 2019, the sequel to Frozen comes out, and so I'm thinking like, <laughs> all right, well, Wonder Woman probably had a pretty big market share of like tween and younger girls, hmm. 
You know what I mean? That that's a, that was an mm-hmm. underserved market as far as superhero movies go. Yeah. Okay. So having a live action that was probably capturing that. That would be direct competition for that market, but that's certainly not the only one. You know what I mean? I mean, people like us who are just general fans of comic books obviously are going to go see this movie. Yeah. Um, people who are just generally fans of films that go in the holiday season because early November that's starting to be that that time frame. That's when people just go to the movies and pick something to watch um so that that kind of didn't make sense and then i looked at the june 2020 and this is only what's announced so far but both november 2019 and the new slot both had a fox uh marvel film which those neither of those are obviously going to happen at this point now they're oh yeah yeah okay so it's strategic is what they're doing and it didn't say if it was going to be x-men or deadpool or x-force or something it, it's all scrapped, so it doesn't matter. And there's like nothing. There's a, a untitled Pixar movie coming out in June of 2020, but there's no guarantee that there would be any sort of, you know, cross issue with with yeah. that time slot. Well, and you got to think though too, man. Warner Brothers slash DC is not going to want to go up against Frozen two, no, because <laughs> yeah, Frozen the first Frozen. Like I, I mean, I know you guys kind of all know that it was it was pretty big, but like as yeah. as somebody who gets dragged to all of the Disney movies <laughs> and has been to Disney World a couple times, let yeah. me tell you, Frozen is the biggest thing ever. Like this this movie was huge. Like all the other animated movies that have come out like in the last like five to ten years for Disney have been good. They've yeah. all been enjoyable. But they're not Frozen. No, Frozen no. was was a was a whole thing. It was the, just every single female. It didn't matter if they were ninety five yep. or five, they were all singing Let It Go. That like, song was everywhere. I actually I actually worked in education the year that movie came out. Yeah. And there was not a single day that went by where we did not hear excuse me, where I didn't hear yeah. either one of the kids humming it or singing it. Or whenever we had like some downtime, and there's like, hey, what do you guys want to do? We, oh, we want to watch Frozen. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a catchy it's a catchy song, man. Yeah, it's a, like, I mean it's a good song, but yeah. it, like I heard it so much that year that I, I have not watched Frozen in four years because of because of that. I haven't yeah. watched it at all. Yeah, it might be the only Disney movie I haven't watched in the last ten years. It's it's worth a yeah, it's worth a it's good. Yeah, check it yeah, out. It's, it's yeah. good. I don't know it's why just, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not the greatest thing ever, but it's it's cute. Like it's. Like I said, I don't have a choice, you know. Like I got, I got a, I got a twenty-year-old stepdaughter who, I mean, <laughs> basically is still obsessed with those movies. But like that's that's just that's that's who we are. Like it's it's who we are as a family now at this point. Yeah. So, um, uh, I did find something which interesting here, um, and I don't think this will play into it at all. But I do I do see here that uh, DC is going to be releasing um, that Joker movie the month before. Oh, in the one October. with um, Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. I, yeah. So I'm looking here, and it says it has a scheduled release date as of two days ago, of October fourth, twenty nineteen. Oh, so I mean, that would be them not wanting to go up against their own thing. Yeah, they don't want to cannibalize themselves. That makes yeah. sense because I was yeah. racking my brains. I'm like. I'm I'm literally like diving into the numbers of box office mojo. I'm like, <laughs> all right, it made 293 million of its 412 domestic gross in its first three weeks. So Frozen so wouldn't even tap into do, uh, three quarters of its box office. This doesn't make sense, but that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing. I mean, it's I. All right, let me let me turn to my nerd card right now. I still haven't seen the first Wonder Woman. Really? Yeah. Oh, still haven't seen it. I need to. It's the best live action thing DC has done. 
all right. Well, again, I, I mean, mean, I know I know the bar is really low for that, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it's of, of was, all the films they've done, it it's it's the best. I was, I mean, like this is, and this is hard for me to admit because I love Superman. Like Superman is my favorite superhero. Period. Batman vs Superman really turned me off to the DC universe. <laughs> Like, I was really, I wasn't, like, so disappointed where I was like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> but I walked out of there sad. I literally, I, I legitimately, I had to go see it because Yuli, for his show, quick plug for him, Ulysses E. Campbell does fantastic for him. <laughs> it's on tomorrow, uh, W-E-R-A dot F-M uh, at 4 p.m. Uh, give it a listen. It's, it's wonderful. Um, but I watched it because I was going to talk about the movie with him on his show. So I, I went, and I normally don't go see movies in the theater. I just don't. Um, I went and saw that in the theaters and I legitimately walked out of there. Not even mad. I was just, I was depressed. I was like, this is bad, dude. Like, let me, I, I might need to go like, see if I can get like some Prozac or something like this. was <laughs> This was, this legitimately bummed me out. Cause it was so out of character for Superman. It was like a whole bunch of people died because of a mistake I made. Well, I'm going to be depressed now. Like, no, you're not. And then he's like, I'm going to kill you. Superman, uh, Batman. You're like, no, what, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Like Your was, mom has the same name as my mom. Well, that fixes yeah. everything. Now we're best friends. Like, Did we just become best friends? <laughs> Did you get your samurai? Is, is your samurai sword sand by Randy Jackson? <laughs> I think we just stumbled on a film. We need to stop making this podcast right and now. go make that right now. <laughs> oh, God. Step Brothers, Batman and Superman. Justice League, <laughs> Justice League v Step Brothers, Dawn of Insanity, starring Will Ferrell. Will, Will Ferrell as Superman, John C. Riley as Batman. Yes, because he's because I'm on board. John C. Riley is the more intense of the two, right? When he screams at him about you know yeah, about touching right. the drum set, yeah, yeah, obviously. I could actually, and I could actually see Batman doing that. <laughs> Did you touch my bat wing? <laughs> I mean, they are making a Sherlock Holmes with those two. Though. That's true. And then oh, Superman, yeah. Superman saying, "I'm gonna put my nutsack on your bat wing." <laughs> Why are you all sweaty? Amazing. Oh, I was watching cops. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's oh, our God. that's our default line whenever like if if like I'm laying on the couch and Sandy's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I was watching cops." Like that's just our default like automatic response to everything. All right, so Wonder Woman, I I mean, I guess I have to watch it. I mean, I've heard it's good, but I just again, like DC, you broke me and I don't know if I can if I can come Forget back. all the action scenes you saw in the other DC films. Yeah. Like just the action scenes from Wonder Woman are enough to justify it as a good film. Yeah. The story's good too. Okay. But the action scenes are just enough for me. I'll be honest, I just thought it was okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's. Well, this is said's last time is, on air. I'm sorry. Just hey, hey, it was great seeing you, man. Have a good night. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just. I'm totally joking. Um, I wanted to do something real quick before we go into the second uh, story on the geek sheets. So, something cool happened after our uh, last week's episode. So we played on last week's episode. We we went off on a on a uh, rabbit hole, and we started talking about Rob Paulson's YouTube channel, Talking nice. Tunes, right? And we played clips of um, the Bender as Hal 9000 from um, from 2001: A Space Odyssey, <laughs> which we all just died laughing at. And then we also played um, Seth Green doing Chris Griffin as Anakin Skywalker, which we just it just killed us too. I ended up tweeting to Rob Paulson saying, "Hey Rob, we were laughing our ass off on our podcast, listening to your YouTube channel." We'd love to have you on the show. He actually messaged me and was like, hey, Mike, I would love to be on your show. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. So 
to continue this theme, Steve, I have one queued up for you, specifically for you. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Dude, we, we spent a legitimate 10 minutes just laughing into the podcast last time. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle this again. <laughs> this, I know how much of a fan of The Office you are. Oh. <laughs> this is oh, no. this is um this is Rob Paulson. This is Billy West, the voice of um Fry from Futurama, the voice of Ren and Stimpy from Ren and Stimpy, uh and Maurice LaMarche, who's the voice of um Brain from Pinky and the Brain. Um nice. doing that scene from The Office um <laughs> where they're role playing. I'm not going to tell you uh, anymore cuz I, I think you already know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and oh. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and play this right now because this is no. this is freaking comedy genius. Here we go. I can't handle this. So I'll do Carl, and why don't you do? Uh, I'm not gonna do the brain. Why don't you do Vincent Price? Okay, good because I love Vincent Price. Okay, I love him too. Okay, ready? Here we go. All right, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna have to <laughs> fix you, manage you two on a more personal scale, a more micro form of management. Jim, and what is that called? It is called microgement. <laughs> okay. It is. Look it up. All right. Now, Look it down at it right now. It's out in Webster's Dictionary. I've got my copy of Hooked on Billy. Now, <laughs> now Jim, now, Jim is going to be the client. Dwight, you're going to have to sell to him without being aggressive, hostile, or difficult. Let's go. All right. Fine. Hello. <laughs> Hello. This is Dwight Schrute from the Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. <laughs> you know, that's great, because I need paper. They do this to me all the time. Excellent. Then you're in luck, because we're having a limited time offer only on everything. This is my lucky day. Speaking of luck. Um, ask him his name. Hmm? Oh, oh, what's your name, sir? I am Bill Buttlicker, and I never <laughs> played the game. <laughs> Actually, you know. Come on, Jim. Oh, sorry. How dare you? My family built this country, by the way, and this is insufferable effrontery. Now, 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 hold the phone. Be respectful, Dwight. Yes, Michael. Would you hold on? Fellas, you're losing your, your minds. <laughs> That's my other line. Hello? No, I'm just on the phone with this stupid salesman. He's so dumb... He doesn't know that the only call letters you'll ever hear me say is A, B, C. I'm probably just going to keep them on the line forever and not buy anything. All right, now it's up to you to change his mind, Dwight. I am sorry. That was a family emergency. Oh, no, what's wrong? You know what? That's private, please. Boundaries, Dwight. Come on. I'm sorry, Mr. Budlicker. <laughs> As I was saying, we're having a little sale, and and you'll have to speak a bit louder. I'm hard of hearing. He's a hard of. He's an old man. As I was saying, right now we are going. You're gonna have to talk louder. What must I do? Write a memo? Prices have never been lower. Son, you have to talk louder. Never been 
Louder, son. But liquor, our prices have never been lower. This is totally inappropriate. You never yell at the client. Never yell at the client. Listen to me, son. Here we go. The three words I would describe you is as aggressive, hostile, and definitely difficult. Please, Mr. Butlicker. <laughs> I'm irate right now. Please give me another chance. Mr. Butlicker, give me the phone. I, I've, I've put you on with my boss. Well, I should hope so. Who is this? Hello? Hello? All I want is a room somewhere. <laughs> this is Michael Scott, <laughs> regional manager. This is William M. Butlicker. Hello, Mr. Butlicker. How may we help you? Michael, I like the sound of your voice. I hear that a lot. You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to buy a million dollars worth of paper products today. Voila. See how it's done? Thank you very much, sir. I don't think you'll regret it. You're the master. There is one condition. <laughs> Speaking of conditions, you have to fire the salesman that treated me so terribly. Don't do it, Michael. Dude, it's a million freaking dollars. Say, I gotta do it. I don't care. I have a yellow jacket. I am an official sports legend. If it wasn't for this palsy, I'd be able to hold this script, but I have to let it go right there. Oh, my God, you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh my god Seriously. that's like my favorite scene of that show <laughs> that i i knew i as soon as i saw it i was like all right we gotta play one one more of these and, and oh, honestly my lung almost fell out uh, like what, what? <laughs> <laughs> just when he starts screaming butt liquor <laughs> as vincent price i love vincent price i yeah. love his old freaking movies oh, i dude. watched the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo that had him in it i freaking love vincent price yeah Vincent Price for me, like because we're in the Halloween season, like for all will always scare the the shit out of me because of that laugh and his over his voiceover in um, Thriller when he does his like darkness falls across the land like that oh dude that still gives me chills just thinking about that like I remember seeing Michael's like creepy cat eyes in the video at the end and him laughing like yeah it still scares the crap out of me. Oof. But yeah, so shout out to Rob Paulson. Hopefully we can uh, sync up with him soon and have him on the show because he wants to be on our show. Which is that's, if he, so if he cool. legitimately comes on, like I might die. Like I almost died just there, and that was just a recording. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> are we ready to transition to our next topic? No, but let's do it anyway. Okay. So, All right. So this. Again, I think we did this last time with it, too. We We're did. like, Haha, this is hilarious. All right, let's talk about something sad. Um, <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah uh, another casualty in the Netflix murder spree of shows that are Marvel-based. Uh, Iron Fist was canceled, and then, like, eight minutes later, they're like, and Luke Cage, too! Uh, so, yeah, that happened. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, I feel like Luke Cage was fine like i think generally people like the show i don't think there like was near the fan reaction of iron fist i think that if you pulled the general audience everyone would rank it daredevil jessica jones luke cage iron fist like the order they came out and that's the order i think 
average people rank them. But I know there's people who really like Luke Cage and, yeah. and put that up top. I, I, it was a grittier show. It was more like um, – I don't know like because – I mean I guess there kind of is some superpower stuff in – in Daredevil and stuff, but I mean, Luke Cage is kind of the only guy that has like superpowers, so to speak, in his show, right? So I mean, yeah. like, it was very more street level. He's fighting actual criminals that are mastermind kind of stuff. Um, I mean, Kingpin kind of got crazy there at the end, and um, all the stuff with the hand with it resurrecting people. I, I just feel like if you like that more, it's not really noir, but I, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for, Mike? What, or, or guys, like what what am I looking for with what's what's the genre? What's the feel for that show? For Luke Cage? Yeah, I mean, like noir definitely is is Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones is definitely like a yeah. film noir, like that. PI sort of thing. Um, I would say that like Luke Cage is in in a cl- class all by itself because it is the superhero genre, but it also is dealing with some heavy like topics that are going on in our world right now too. Cause it deals with racism. It deals with like just a level of like that, like deep seated hatred that um, what's his name had uh, the Bushmaster had yeah. for the Stokes and like just how it boils over into the streets and causes all sorts of chaos. And that was like big time social commentary on what goes on in our world now where you see personal vendettas causing innocent lives to be lost because of uh, essentially street violence. And like, Luke Cage really was hitting a vein of, I wouldn't say social justice, but of like, of actual like urban topics, which you don't see often with superheroes. And that was, it was, it was really good. And honestly, the second season, I really, really enjoyed the second season a lot. And the further away I get from the second season, the more I enjoyed it and the more it gets, it gets higher ranked. Like, the whole season, his whole interaction with Bushmaster, the fact, the fact that Bushmaster was a bad guy but not really a bad guy because of what he was doing, but all the casualties he was causing was the issue. But then Luke Cage's decision at the end, it was just – it was a really well-done series. And it's a shame that they're ending it here, but I don't there, – there's got to be a plan here. There's no way that they're going to leave Iron Fist the way that they left him. There's no way they're going to leave Luke Cage the way that they left him. There's There's got to be a plan in place. And if it's not going to be from Netflix, it's going to be from D, from the Disney streaming service like they've got a plan for this there's no way they're leaving these stories untold but from what i was reading it wasn't just a like oh we're pulling this because the ratings were bad they negotiated this for a while and something wasn't being met yeah and they won't give all the details but somebody wasn't happy with the process somewhere along the lines and was like nope we're done we're not doing this anymore i just don't know exactly what it was yeah i read that uh uh, the cost was part of it, but there was also some conflict as far as what to actually do with Luke going forward as far as the season three is concerned. I mean, I, I thought they set up some interesting storylines in season two, like with um, Mariah's daughter, whose name escapes me right now, like whether she was going to go like full villain in season three, whether Luke perhaps may have taken a, you know, uh, a, a walk over to the dark side in season three. Yeah. But there seemed to be some conflict as far as what storyline wise they actually wanted to do. So it, it was not only that, uh, that the show was expensive and, 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 and the response to season two maybe wasn't what was desired, but also just an idea of, we don't, don't really know what to expect going forward. Um, I did see, uh, there is one thing that Luke Cage and Iron Fist actually did have in common 
um, just as far as uh, their social media presence, which is their social media presence uh, declined actually after their second seasons came out. And so um, I think what that's saying is that, you know, even though I think all three, all of us thought season two was pretty good. The public at large perhaps didn't think that way. There wasn't as much talk about it as what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant like from like Marvel slash Netflix. Like they like whatever intern they hired for the first season they didn't have for the second season. <laughs> it's like it's like little Jimmy didn't wasn't tweeting out like he was supposed to. Um, you mean you just meant like actual people talking? Yeah, about Yeah, people. Show. Yeah, there wasn't as much fanfare or reaction to. This the newer seasons as perhaps there were when uh, seasons two of Daredevil and Jessica Jones had come out. Which, you know, honestly, that... Yeah, and, and because if... Okay. When you look at the first season of Luke Cage, the first half of that season is excellent. The second half with... Um, God, why can't I remember his name? Oh, uh, Diamondback. Diamondback, yeah. That was garbage, dude. That was such a stupid storyline. And, like, his, his he has a power <laughs> suit... Like that was so dumb, and then like yeah, it, I mean the, the the bullet thing was was cool, was fine, like whatever. But like it, they just failed to yeah. make they just failed to make the second half of the season as compelling. They literally because, because if they had flipped it, if they had made the the second half the first half and the first half the second half, it would right. been so much better. Right, because I I feel just from a story perspective, we all loved Cottonmouth, oh, Cotton, God, and, yeah. and and just. Mm-hmm. We love Mar- Mahershala Ali because he's just a fantastic actor in really? whatever he's in. Yeah. But Cottonmouth was was an amazing antagonist yeah. in the first half of Luke Cage. And then, like, I understand why his character died. I understand even the scene with Mariah by which she killed. Like, I totally get it. But the problem is, if you're going to kill a compelling villain, then who you replace them with also has to be equally or even more compelling so that so that you're drawn to see whatever this conflict is between Luke and this person get resolved in the end however it gets resolved and it just seemed like the brother thing just kind of came out of nowhere because it because you could understand if there were at least kind of seeds being planted in the first couple episodes of oh you know secret family maybe Luke has you know if there was something sure but it just kind of seemed like well Cottonmouth's dead oh hey by the way Luke has a brother he didn't know was his brother <laughs> we didn't finish the script so um, yeah we're just throwing this together at the last second yeah <laughs> it was it was really disappointing and yeah like, like you said I I mean I agree I think that if they had found a way to plant the seeds in there like while he's in prison talk about it. You know, but they, yeah. they just they just dropped the ball. And again, the second season was more cohesive. The second season made way more sense. They took risks with the second season that like I couldn't believe they were taking. Like the whole uh, Comanche and Shades thing. Yeah, and we've talked about that at length before on the yeah. show. Like they, it really was going in a good direction, and they just it just kind of fell apart. Um, and and maybe maybe it was the same thing. It just couldn't overcome the downsides it had. Um, and maybe that was why the negotiations stalled is they were like, Hey, here's what we want. We want all this extra money. We want to do this. And Netflix is like, Hey, um, polite reminder. You guys have had two seasons, but you've only had one and a half that were good. So why don't you just tamper those expectations down a little bit and let's just chill with this. Like maybe that's what it was. I I just figured that Marvel Netflix had like some deal where it was like, it's the same money, same thing every single time. Yeah, I, I guess not. Yeah, and actually, now that I think about it, I just remember, I did watch a video kind of on this 
uh, beforehand, which is uh, the original uh, deal was that they it was uh, 52 episodes uh, for each uh, one for each character, 13 for each character plus whatever for the defenders. But the numbers for Luke, I mean, Daredevil and Jessica Jones were what they were. Luke Cage's response was kind of half and half, and Iron Fist, you know, at least publicly speaking, didn't do that well either. Yeah. So it was because of that that they caused Netflix to kind of be like, uh, don't know about this going forward. So, I mean, I, and I, they think it's also part of the reason why Defenders may have gotten less episodes than the standard 13 that we had seen up until that point. How many and, episodes was Defenders? It was eight, I believe. Okay, so that that puts them at forty-seven because thirteen times three is thirty is uh, thirty-nine, plus the eight is forty-seven. Plus, you would have had the second season of uh, Iron Fist, which was ten episodes. Where are you getting? Where are you getting three seasons of thirteen? Because you had Iron Fist, Daredevil, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Jones. Luke Cage. Oh, so there's a four. Okay, so thirteen times four. Without, so, yeah, what I was saying was, so they paid for one season, the first season of each show oh, initially. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was the 52 initially plus Defenders. I got it. Uh, once, okay. they, once they agreed to, to set that up. So everything after those first seasons was was bo- kind of was like bonus. it was kind of like a will kind of like a will see approach. Okay. And Netflix was kind of also taken aback because of how poorly uh, half of Luke Cage did and how poorly Iron Fist overall did. So rather, or excuse me, not Marvel, um, not Netflix. Uh, Marvel, Marvel saw that and was like, "We don't know if we want to keep giving, yeah. you know, giving you this lump sum of money to yeah. create these shows." And two of two of them did well. One kind of did okay, and the other was received very poorly. Yeah. And then Defender, Defenders, by and large, like I like Defenders, but I Defenders. Did too, yeah. Defenders also didn't do as well. They like kind of got was, a meh response from everybody. Yeah, like they thought that was going to be their. You no, know, they were going to try to garner the same kind of Avengers type of attention, and it just kind of didn't happen for it. And so because of that, Marvel was like, "Well, instead of giving you this lump sum again for all of these shows, you know, maybe try to do something different. So they were they uh, were going to offer they offered Netflix less money, which is also part of the reason that like uh, Iron Fist had got ten episodes, yeah, and whatnot. And then with Marvel also going to launch their own their own stuff, like they couldn't they can't outright take the shows from Netflix because Netflix owns half of the the cost of them because they were also um, they produced them, but. Marvel was less willing to continue to invest this kind of money and Netflix isn't really getting, they're not getting the return on investment basically from Netflix with how poorly these shows ended up doing. Well, especially too, when they could very easily just say, all right, well, you know, we're not putting any more money in it. And then Netflix is going to be like, okay, cool. We're canceling it. And they're like, Hey, cool. We got our own streaming service that we can just put these characters on ourselves and we'll just call it something different. You know, you move it to net, you move it to the streaming service, you call heroes for hire and you have iron fist and Luke cage together and you have them on their different paths. And then you have them converge at like, I don't know, episode five. And then from there forward, you have them have the conflict and then you have them move forward. And same thing with daughters of the dragon. You can have that too. Like it's, I really feel like there's a plan in place. It, I it, hope so. it wasn't on purpose. Like I don't feel like they, they meant for it to happen like yeah. this. But it, but I think that they. I don't think because I don't think Marvel yeah. anticipated can't flat out cancellation. Yeah. No, neither do I. 
yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. Um, said you've been kind of quiet, man. Um, <laughs> let's let's get you involved. Are, which of, which of these shows have you have you seen? I have seen uh, the first season of Luke Cage, uh, all the seasons of Daredevil. So you're caught up on the recent season too. You watched the, all of season, season three. three. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not on the third season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you seen? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either yet. Okay. So don't um, feel bad. It, ju- it just came out. I haven't. I've been too busy at work to watch it. So I'm gonna yeah. watch it. This, this might week. be the first time I've actually watched a show before you people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are. You guys are always what, what, like, dude. You need to watch Iron Fist. I'm like, yeah, hey, I'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Daredevil's your jam, and that's and that's fine. Like, I just, I've been, I've been swamped. So I will get, I will get to it. Um, but yeah, like it's. I, I'm, there's no way that there's not a plan. There's got to be something in place yeah. because there's too much hype around this. There's too many people talking about this for them to just like completely discount it. But it, it's interesting though because Marvel would actually, because of how their contracts are drawn up, like they would either have to outright buy the shows, uh, outright buy Iron Fist and Luke Cage, or they would just have to recast recast the uh, the characters overall. Because Netflix still own they own the shows, you know, because they produce them. So for that reason, Marvel would either have to convince Netflix to, hey, sell us our show, sell us the show we made, or just recast them. I hope that's the case. Yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. anyone would really hate Finn Jones not continuing to be Iron Fist. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't hate it. Um, I I was starting to like the character a little bit more. Yeah. Into the second season, I mean, if they recast, I don't care. Whatever. Iron it's, Fist is why I haven't gotten through any of the other shows. I I'm absolutely trudging through that one. I, I mean, it, it's understandable. <laughs> like a chore. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you you do. I kind I kind of did the same way, but season two is like infinitely better. Yeah, I heard it was and, infinitely better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Marvel. Heard all the, or Marvel and Netflix heard the criticism and were like, okay, okay, guys. Like yeah. all of it, like <laughs> yeah, all of the criticism, yeah, like, and really, really handled it well. Too. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and uh, do the last story in the geek sheets because then I want to get into our, our our super topic tonight, which is uh, video games of the two thousands, starring C Gats and MC Brooks. <laughs> all right, so topic number three. <laughs> So we talked about production changes and moving the release date for Wonder Woman. We talked about production changes and canceling Luke Cage. Uh, the production information we're talking about, this one is on the new Star Wars show, Mandalorian. Um, on set for Favreau's birthday, he had a special guest, Mr. George Lucas. Um, it looks like he might have just been there to hang out, see the set, you know, just be George Lucas. I mean, he's got enough money. He can kind of do whatever he wants. It's <laughs> right. true. But, uh, you know, it's, it's starting to lead people who are fans of Star Wars to be like, oh, I wonder what they talked about. I wonder if he, uh, you know, threw some ideas Favreau's way. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so, I mean, it, it kind of depends on what camp you're in. There's people that are staunchly pro George Lucas and people who are very anti George Lucas. Um, I think that depends on how old you were when the prequels came out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But the, the the whole concept that like it has a very Star Wars homage type thing going. Like if you know anything about the holiday special, there's a lot of little holiday special Easter eggs in there. And Favreau is like paying attention to those kind of details. The actual photo that they posted on Twitter, the two of them, when you look in the background – 
it looks very Moss Eisley Cantina esque. I yeah. mean, they're really getting the feel for it. So I like the idea of Favreau bringing George Lucas on and maybe picking his brain a little bit, saying like, "Yeah, how would you do this part or whatever." I mean, there's no nothing released saying that ever happened, but you kind of speculate and think, "Yeah, maybe, maybe they talked a little bit." Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's cool that the two of them were like hanging out. That like George Lucas now that he's not involved with Star Wars anymore. But because he's George Lucas, can pretty much go to any Star Wars thing ever and just be like, I'm walking in and there ain't shit you can do about it. And everybody's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, you're right, George. Okay. And like, because think about it. Like, it was the same thing. He was, they've, he's been working with the writing crew and directing crew for episode nine, too. Like, they've brought him in. Like, he just, he has carte blanche and he's just got, he's, he's worth like billions of dollars. So, like, it's like he can just show up and he can just be like, I don't know. Why don't you throw another lightsaber in there? And they'd be like, really? That's your idea? And he'd be like, I'm worth a billion dollars. Get out of my face. <laughs> like, it's... I, I still... I, I just think it's cool. And, like, I think the more people involved that love Star Wars, the better. Instead of just saying, let's have one person do it. I think that was the one thing that I was concerned with with uh, The Last Jedi. As much as I thought it was a decent flick, Ryan Johnson pretty much ran the whole show for that. And I think he needed some other people to kind of remind him... Of a few things. Like, there, I thought there were a few flaws with the movie. But, like, the more people involved that love Star Wars, the better to really help each other come up with the right storyline and where they want this to go. Because it can get off track real easy. Yeah, I mean, it's such an expansive universe, even though they decanonized so much of it. That, like you said, I mean, obviously, he wasn't just him. But he was the writer and director for The Last Jedi. And so not only do you have to come up with the new ideas, but you have to keep all the existing stuff in the back of your mind to build on both literally in the story, but also thematically. You know, it's a lot to juggle. So even just having someone to be a sounding board to bounce ideas off of, it can't hurt. No, absolutely not. Um, or either, I mean, MC, I know you're like kind of a, not a huge Star Wars fan. Like, yeah, I'm on the fringe. <laughs> you're, you're, you're on the fringe. I'm on the fringe. Um, so yeah, we call it the outer rim. The outer rim. Like, <laughs> go on. <laughs> how are, how, what's your fandom like with with Star Wars? Are you are you a Star Wars fan? I would say I'm intermediate. Intermediate. I, I'm not hardcore, but I do like the series. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I've watched every single one of the movies except for uh, Solo. I haven't seen. Uh, it. He's, he's one up me already. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that like we we got a nice like little twenty minute chunk there before where we were just talking about Aquaman and stuff like that. So I mean, really. There's not too much else we can talk about Star Wars right now, um, but there's so much more stuff coming out. And I think we'll we'll do a another Star Wars episode coming up here soon because there is a lot of speculation on what's going to be in the next movie. So we'll save that for another day. Uh, but a little in, teaser I'll leave. We might actually have some leaks because some stuff was stolen off the set of Mandalorian. Oh. Some some props oh, wow. and a an SD flash card. Um, was stolen stolen from the set yeah no one knows exactly who took it or exactly what was on it but there might be some leaks coming and i'm sure there'll be a crap ton of fake ones because everyone will be like i was the guy who stole this stuff of course. Yeah. and <laughs> and han solo comes back and blah 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 and like whatever nonsense they want to make up yeah yeah i think either way i mean it's it's gonna be cool i'm excited i i love this feel being a star wars fan like this like excitement this what are they gonna do what's gonna happen next like i it, the, it's like christmas like the anticipation for christmas is almost better than when you actually open the presents and it was the same thing with like uh last jedi the movie was good but 
what was even better was what we thought was going to happen. When we were just like, Luke's going to like, he's going to take the lightsaber and he's going to be like, come on, let's go kick the First right. Order's ass at Rey, you know? <laughs> and by the way, I'm your dad. What? Like, it was, we all just like had this fan fiction in our head. And like, <laughs> it didn't happen. Not like none of it came even close, but like, it was still, I, I love this anticipation part of the fandom. Like, it's, it's one of my favorite things. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. yeah. On that note, let's see. What music are we going to end on tonight? Because now, now that our intro has Africa in it, I can't close on Africa because that's just weird. <laughs> um, Says who? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I kind of like the music you got going right now. I mean, this is the end of Empire, more or less. This is true. You know what? We'll end on this. So, guys, thank you for tuning into this episode of The Geek Sheets on GGR Pirate Radio. Don't go anywhere. Don't change your radio dial or switch your internet browser page. Stay right there. <laughs> we will be right back in just a few minutes as we are going to be talking about the best video games of the 2000s. We are going to be joined by MC Brooks. We are joined by Seagats. It's, of course, myself and Steve Monick. Thank you for tuning into this episode of GGR Pirate Radio. We will be right back. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.